Good afternoon, everyone. This is Charlene again. Um, happy 2020. Today, I had plans to go over to a get-together that one of my girlfriends is having. Um, I just was having trouble, like, I don't know, getting focused this morning. Um, my husband, I just felt, I guess, sad because... And disappointed, even though I, it's what I expect, but it's still disappointing, which I know doesn't make that much sense. But um, I was so upset because he ignored me all of last night. Um, he finally ended up calling me around um, 3.15 his time. Um, but by then I was asleep. Uh, he called me again a half an hour after that, which I feel is suspicious. I mean, why would he be up twice within a one-hour period? Um, so, yeah, anyway, it was taking me forever to get ready, and then I came out to my car, and it won't start. <laughs> so, I'm not having the best of days, and I have called my husband several times, well, not several, but like three times over the past, let's say two hours. And I haven't heard from him. So I don't know what I'm doing. I just need to forget about the hope. I mean, it's like, I know that there's not really any hope of having a better future with him. But I still can't let go. Hey everyone. Um, so I'm just heading back from my friend's get together. I um, my car ended up starting, and I got there very late. Um, the event was from 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. And I got there around five o'clock. Um, and yeah, <laughs> I was gonna talk about some irrelevant things, but I'll just move past that. Um, so I'm glad that I did get out and make some connections with people um, because I do struggle with social anxiety and self-esteem and self-confidence when it comes to social interactions and social situations, um, which kind of brings me to my next topic. I haven't shared much yet about my own struggles with mental health. So for as long as I can remember, even as a very young child, I have struggled with social anxiety. Um, as a kid, you know, people would identify me as a, a shy kid, which is something that's typical of many children. However, my level of shyness and the anxiety that I experienced um, was probably not typical um, with other children. And I just kind of never really felt like I fit in. So, and I still feel that way. I don't feel like there's a group in which I truly belong. So that maybe part of the reason 
why I'm drawn to this toxic relationship. Um, but my my brother was actually diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome, which is now just part of the autism spectrum, according to the latest update of the DSM-5, I believe it is, um, which I don't particularly agree with, but it is what it is, so now it's just considered like a very mild form of autism, um, and he was diagnosed in high school. He's currently 30 years old, so he's had this diagnosis for about half of his life, um, and I'm not sure how much you all know about Asperger's or high-functioning autism, but some of the characteristics, um, especially those that my brother displays, uh, are socially, or social awkwardness, <laughs> um, so a lot of times they're socially awkward, they have trouble connecting with other people, reading other people's um, emotions and reactions to whatever they themselves say. Um, they tend to hyper-focus on one particular area of interest. So, like, I've had students who are on the spectrum, and one of them, for example, was super obsessed with Spider-Man and Pac-Man. Those were the only two things we'd really ever talk about. And um, I remember at the beginning of the school year, I had the students make their own little surveys and then graph the results um, as a kind of get to know you slash math activity. And so I let them make their own little surveys and most of them had like multiple options for each question. So like, what's your favorite ice cream flavor? Vanilla, chocolate, strawberry, or other. Um, but I remember this one group had, what's your favorite video game? And honestly, I don't remember the, the video games that they listed as options. But <laughs> this, this boy went up to my student um, on the spectrum and said, what's your favorite video game? This this, this, or this. And he's like, no, I like Pac-Man. And it, <laughs> the other boy didn't know what to do, and he was trying to be nice and include, you know, the socially awkward child. And needless to say, um, <laughs> that question was never answered other than I like Pac-Man. And he was just shaking his head like, no, that none of those answers. That's wrong. <laughs> you can tell he was very uncomfortable. Like, he did not want to pick something else. Um, and, um, there are also a lot of, like, OCD-like tendencies, so my brother, for example, counts every time he washes his hands, and he takes forever to take a shower because there's a certain routine that he has to follow, and he's told me that it just, it's almost getting worse with time because he just never feels like he's doing it right, and so he'll add new things to his routine. Um, I honestly, I, I remember reading on a shampoo bottle, probably, or maybe like a teen magazine, that 
you're supposed to rinse your shampoo out for 30 seconds and your conditioner for one minute. So I almost always count when I'm rinsing out my shampoo and then again when I rinse out my conditioner. And I feel very uncomfortable if I don't do this. I don't think I'm even counting accurately, but it's like I need to do it. Um, another thing when I was younger was I read that children my age needed nine hours and 15 minutes of sleep. And if my mom would wake me up after I had slept for, let's say, nine hours and 10 minutes, I, or even 12 minutes, I would freak out. Like, mom, I said nine hours and 15 minutes. And so I see a lot of these traits in myself. Um, so I possibly have undiagnosed autism or uh, if not, I probably just have a lot of the same traits, but you know, on the spectrum of all people that would include all human beings, um, I'm probably closer to what would qualify as a person with autism than the average person. Um, I've also been diagnosed with depression, just generalized anxiety, and ADHD. And I was diagnosed with all of these for the first time when I was in college, and I'm now 34. So I was probably diagnosed when I was around, let's just say 20 years old to make it a nice round number. Um, when I was in elementary school, I'm sure the teachers saw or noticed that there was something not quite right with my behavior and interactions with other students. But since I was so quiet, it was really hard for them to identify me or diagnose me with anything. Um, and I remember they sent me to, I think this was around third grade, um, I would go with the counselor I don't even know if I knew they were the counselor at this time, but um, let's just say it was once a week I would go to the counselor and she was probably supposed to work with me on social skills and self-esteem and things like that. But I would just go and I would draw, which is funny because I've always felt like I'm horrible when it comes to drawing. Like I don't have fine motor skills, which is another um, characteristic or diagnostic criteria for autism. Um, yeah, but I loved it because I, I mean, I did feel kind of uncomfortable because I felt like I was supposed to be talking to this person, the counselor, but I didn't want to. I wanted to, but I didn't, I just was too nervous. And so I would get in there and I would just focus on my drawing and it was almost like a coping mechanism that I used actually and still use at times. Um, when I feel uncomfortable, I just throw myself into my work. So like in high school, I remember in class, if I didn't feel comfortable socializing, I would just focus on my work. And it kind of turned me into a workaholic and someone who doesn't know how to just chill and enjoy life without, you know, thinking about their to-do list. 
And part of that was also modeled by my mom. Like she, it has to always be busy. Almost always. Um, yeah. So it's probably, you know, like most human traits, uh, nature and nurture come into play. Um, and I remember being alone a lot in elementary school. Um, and my mom volunteered at the elementary school during recess. And I honestly, I felt embarrassed for her to see me like that. But I would just, I just remember like wandering around by myself at recess on many occasions. And this is especially true of me in like third second and third grade, I would say. Um, and then in fifth grade, I felt like I didn't really fit in with my group of friends and I wanted to find a group of people with whom I felt like I could be more myself and where I felt more accepted. And so I stopped hanging out with um, I stopped hanging out with the group of kids that I hung out with who were um, probably like somewhat popular, not super popular, which is silly to even say about middle school, but I mean about elementary school, but it is what it is. Um, I mean, there were popular kids and some popular kids. And so I stopped hanging out with the, the semi-popular kids because I felt like I didn't fit in. And I started hanging out with the students that people would consider weird and awkward. And unfortunately, I didn't, I realized that I didn't fit in there either. And then it was, a hard, it was too hard for me to get back in with my old group of friends. Um... Yeah, um, middle school was torturous. <laughs> I just remembered eating lunch in the bathroom sometimes because I didn't have friends. Um, I remember feeling like everyone's eyes were on me and just feeling so uncomfortable. And then my breasts never developed. And so I honestly, I remember wearing a training bra that was too big for me so that it would look like I had something. Um, and I even remember asking my mom if I was born a male because I just felt like my body was not developing the way that it should. Um, and even in high school, still nothing. And I, I was pretty thin, but still, I had never seen anyone as flat-chested as I was. Um, and my mom, who has breast implants, I remember she asked me on several occasions if, and this was probably when I was like a freshman, and sophomore in high school she asked me if I wanted to get breast implants and I was that really hurt me I felt like your parents should 
love you the way that you are and help you to love yourself the way that you are. And her saying that made me feel inadequate. And also, um, my mom's attractive. And so when guys my age would check her out and flirt with her and she liked the attention, um, at least it appeared that she did. And to me, it seemed like she was flirting back. And that was really hard for me. And I didn't know how to cope with it. And my mom's very sensitive, and I would say that I am as well. And so it was hard for me to talk to her because she gets offended very easily and um, gets this victim mentality going on. Um, So I guess I I did have some issues. I felt um, kind of resentful towards her. Like, I love my mom, but it was irritating when she would, you know, talk about how all the kids talk about what a great mom she is and almost, like, brag about how great it was that she would buy us junk food and that there weren't that many rules in the house. When I personally, I was like, can you please just, like, set some guidelines? Like, I don't... Because her punishments, she would never keep her word. Like, next time you do this, you're getting grounded. But we all knew that there was going to be no grounding. And she would just get really angry and yell and get out of control. And it annoyed me. And, you know, I don't think that my reaction was the best reaction. I don't think it was effective. But it is what it is. Um... Hello everyone, this is Charlene, and I just wanted to let you know about this amazing app called Anchor, where you can record and edit your very own podcasts. Um, I have absolutely no experience podcasting, and this app has made it so easy to finally start making this dream of mine come true. Um, I highly recommend it. You can easily edit all of your audios. Um, You can add background images and music. So I highly, highly recommend this app. Um, Just go to the app store and download Anchor to get started. But at the end of the day, um, I ended up taking her up on her offer to, she actually paid for me to get breast implants. Um, It only, and this is um, relatively speaking, cost, I believe it was less than $4,000, which is crazy cheap, which that in combination with the fact that the doctor agreed to operate on a young teen had me somewhat concerned um but I decided to do it when I was I believe I was 16 when I got it done I believe it was my junior year and after the operation I wasn't able to work out um 
And prior to that year, I had taken dance class and, you know, I spent hours every day dancing. And so, and then I also went on birth control that year. I'm not sure why I went on birth control. <laughs> um, maybe I was hoping that my breasts would grow due to that. I'm not sure. But anyway, due to a combination probably of all of those factors, I gained a lot of weight that year as well. And so I thought that it wasn't super obvious that I had gotten breast implants because I gained a ton of, of weight. Um, that being said, my breasts don't look natural at all. <laughs> um, so uh, this year was also the year that I started drinking more. I would go out to parties and act a fool, but I was still pretty shy and quiet at school. Very studious. Um, so I kind of had these two separate lives going on. Um, I started getting a little bit promiscuous. Um, and I also did shrooms that year, which I loved the experience. It was also very embarrassing because I peed on one of the other girl's dolls or stuffed animals that she had had since childhood. And like I used to pee my pants as a kid and it was something that I was always super ashamed of and so I was extremely I threw up also so there there were a lot of embarrassing moments and things that made me feel ashamed about what happened that night but it was a really eye-opening experience and I felt like I really connected with the other girls I was with on a level on which I, I never really felt like I had connected with anybody before it was like everything made sense um and I do feel like some of that carried over to the next day and days, weeks, months after that. Um, possibly some of that insight that I gained that day has continued to help me to this day. It's hard to really decide whether or not it has. Um, and then I remember I did not want anybody to know that I had gotten breast implants. But one day, one of the popular girls asked me if I'd gotten a boob job, and I, I told her the truth. And then it was kind of like this big thing that the whole school talked about, and people would ask me about it. And um, it actually helped me kind of start coming out of my shell. Not So it wasn't that my confidence grew because I had breasts, although I'm sure that helped as well. But it was like the fact that I was stating something that I knew people were going to judge me about or judge me for and I didn't care what they thought and that was something that was kind of new for me. I always thought that I was someone who didn't care about pe what people thought but I did. I just didn't think I could please them and so I told myself that I didn't care. Um, so. The combination of all of those things going on in my life um, helped me start coming out of my shell um, and becoming more social. Um, in college, I joined a sorority and like I felt like I fit in more. But still, I even remember this. Um, my sophomore year, one of my best friends told me that she felt like she didn't really know me and it was heartbreaking. Um, so I do have trouble making strong bonds with people. Um, I tend to be overly reserved at times and then overshare at others. 
and it's hard for me to just have what others would see as a normal conversation and actually connect with people without making them feel uncomfortable. Um, and my ADHD, I'm not sure if I actually have ADHD or if my attention issues stem from my anxiety. However, like I've been taking the medication for so long that my body has become dependent on it. Um, and that's honestly something I'm not proud of. I I think it really has helped me and without it, I don't know if I would have been able to do a lot of the things that I've done. I mean, I was always successful in school, but it just taking medication opened doors for me. Um, I think more so just on a self-confidence level, like knowing that I will be able to focus. Um, now when I initially started taking the medication, I needed a really, really low dosage. Otherwise my anxiety would be so out of control that I couldn't focus at all. And I've heard that a lot about ADHD stimulant medications. Um, you have to really find the right dosage because if you go over that dosage, it's like you, you almost start to show more symptoms again or not almost you do. Um, but my dose has gone up so much because I've been taking it for like almost 15 years now, pretty consistently. Um, and when I don't take it, I just feel so lethargic. I feel like I'm not even safe behind the wheel. So that's hard. I would like to reduce my dosage and I'm honestly struggling with that. So I'll keep you posted on that journey as well. Um, lastly, I just kind of wanted to mention this. Um, I studied psychology in college. That was my major. Um, so I have my BA in psychology and in my abnormal psychology class, I learned about borderline personality disorder. And, you know, a lot of times people say, okay, when you start learning about disorders, you start thinking that you have all of them. But that one kind of struck a chord with me on a level that other ones didn't. And uh, recently, through my research into narcissistic personality disorder, I started looking into borderline personality disorder again. And I started just watching YouTube videos about the quiet borderline. So someone who might kind of slide under the radar because they're not so dramatic in public. And I don't know. I do see many ten borderline tendencies in myself. Um, mainly when it comes to my closest relationships. So like my relationship with my mom, it can get very intense. Um, I remember fighting with her, like arguing with her in high school and then running away and crying and just getting so, so dramatic, uh, black and white thinking, you know, like it's all over. She doesn't love me because this happened. Um, and I kind of see these tendencies in my mom as well. And growing up, her and my dad would fight a lot and my dad's an alcoholic 
And my mom would get upset because she didn't feel like he really gave her the time of day. Like he did things when it was convenient for him. Um, one time she was really sick and he was supposed to go get medicine and he went out drinking and she didn't hear from, from him for hours. Um, and so they would fight a lot. And my dad's pretty mellow, which may have even drove my mom even more crazy because it's like, why don't you care? You know what I mean? So I can totally empathize with my mom in that sense. But um, things got out of control. I remember her taking out a knife on several occasions and putting it up to her throat and yelling, like, I'm going to kill myself. And that was very traumatizing for me. And then she would just leave and, you know, go on a car drive just to cool down. But I remember being so worried about her. And also, there was some resentment that built up, built up because I felt like that was a horrible model for me to see growing up. And I felt like she was putting her own needs over her children's needs, but she was unwilling to admit that. But it's like, now I, I realize, you know, everyone is doing the best that they can with this, the tools that they have been given and have learned in life. Um, so I no longer hold resentment and I actually felt bad for feeling resentful. And that was another source of shame. Um, so yeah, so I am, I'm actually, I purchased a book, um, which I mentioned previously in a, in a previous podcast that has tools and skills that people with borderline personality disorder can use to help manage their emotions. And so I'm using that. And then I also downloaded an app um, that's all about dialectical behavioral therapy. And so it has informational videos and then exercises. And I'm just getting started with that. So I'll keep you posted as far as how that works out for me. Um, I do feel like it's helpful for anybody with any kind of social anxiety, um, emotional instability, depression. I think this kind of therapy, I really believe in it. So I'll keep you posted as I continue to practice these skills. I'm looking for a therapist as well. Um, So yeah, I just wanted to kind of share that background information about myself so that you have a better understanding of where I'm coming from. If you have any questions, feel free to send me a voicemail or another message. Um, And I would so much appreciate it if you would be willing to um, sponsor this podcast. Um, Of course, I'm doing this to help people out in general and share my story. Um, So it's definitely not required. I'm I'm still going to continue to produce these. But um, anything would be much appreciated. Thank you so much again for listening. Happy 2020. Have a wonderful evening. Bye.